Jesus our Savior, came as a babe. He left the glorious perspective of all eternity to focus on saving you and me. And what a challenge it is to start the new year with the thought, this one thing I do. About 42 years ago, when we were members of the Campus Hill Church at Loma Linda, California, our pastor was J.W. Lehman. And he preached a sermon one Sabbath that stuck in our minds for so long. And uh, I'm going to be referring to some of the things that, that we learned from him there. I also want to thank May Ellen for her renditions of it, uh, which I have shamelessly adapted. Um, when you have a wife who's also a preacher, uh, you wind up stealing from each other. In this holiday season, as, as we end the old year and are facing the new, this seems appropriate. Have you heard the parable of the pig and the hen one day, a pig and a hen were walking down the street, and as they looked across the street, there was a church, and it had on its, on its bulletin board, it says, help the poor. And so, the hen and the pig sat under a tree, and they thought, what can we do? The hen said, uh, well, I know, I know. Let's give them ham and eggs. <laughs> That's easy for you to say, says the pig. For you, it's basically a contribution. But for me, it's a total commitment. <laughs> total commitment. You know, in the frenzy of everyday life, total commitment to one thing sometimes is hard to do. Sometimes you feel like you're uh, playing dodgeball with a thousand people on the other side. There's so much that comes at us. There are, we, we, make, we make thousands of unconscious decisions each day, every time we go by a billboard, every time we, we, we see a, a commercial, every time our Facebook pings, every time all of these things just, just sort of come together. And the Apostle Paul, in his epistle to the Philippians, wants us to understand. He wants himself to be totally understanding of the total commitment to one thing. Turn in your Bibles with me so that you can follow. From Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 to 14, we had that in our scripture reading, and I want us to focus in uh, to those words. He has already, at the very, in the first six verses, told about his life of 
seeking to do everything that God called him to do. He was, he was circumcised on the eighth day. He became a, uh, a, a zealous uh, follower of, of, uh, of God in the Jewish tradition. He did everything that was required of him. In fact, he was flawless in his righteousness to what he understood. But after sharing this flawless righteousness of the past, Paul says... Whatsoever was a prof- to profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but which is through faith in Christ, the righteous, that comes from God and is by faith. The righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ, says Paul, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him, in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. He goes on. He says, Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward to what is ahead, I press on to the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This prize is the fullness of blessings and heavenly rewards. This prize is most especially being in perfect fellowship with Christ forever. The blessing of the fellowship with Christ, this knowing Christ can start now. However, God is constantly calling us to focus heavenward. In the din of everything that surrounds us, in the noise of the world around us, in the middle of all the news, I consider it a prize, a gift to have Christ in me through the filling of the Holy Spirit. It means that Christ is the foundation of all I say and do. It means not I, but Christ be honored, loved, exalted. In the Message Bible, it's uh, translated this way. Compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my master firsthand, everything I once thought I had going for me is insignificant, dog dung. I've dumped it all in the trash so that I could embrace Christ and be embraced by him. What a way to put it. Paul says, I I don't consider that I have attained to this, but it's something that I'm I'm aiming, aiming, uh, aiming at, to have seized the price this thing he is seeking, 
to have attained to the resurrection of the dead. He says, no, I haven't gotten there. To have found perfection, no. Because for perfection, perfection is simply having Christ in me, the hope of glory. If God had a righteousometer, I think I've mentioned this before, if God had a righteousometer, there would be two settings on it. In Christ, out of Christ. And so, and so this, this focus on Christ is so, so important. This secret of success uh, where there has been fa- uh, failure, growth where there has been retrogression, sanctification where there has been failing, Paul's formula is simple. In order to accomplish this one thing I do, we must have two things. We must remember these two things. Concentration of all one's energies on the goal or the prize to be obtained. During the Olympics, we glue ourselves to the TV set. We root for people in our favorite sports. We see them totally focusing. In fact, the cameras just just come right in the faces of, of the athletes and, and you see them already rehearsing, rehearsing their, where, where they're heading, what they are aiming at. Concentration of all one's energies on a goal or prize to be obtained. We can say this one thing I do and have many things cluttering up our minds or taking our attention. You know, during World War II, there was a mad dash to, to prepare pilots to, to go to war. They didn't have enough. They had to send them into focused concentration, not concentration camps, but, but, <laughs> but, but really, really tight and rigorous training. They had, uh, uh, believe it or not, they had the link simulators back then, which were invented by a fellow whose last name was Link. Um, he's missing now, I think. We, no. Uh, the, the, and, and, and they had these simulators, and they would spend all day on their simulators. And then when it came to lunchtime, and, and somebody brought in the potatoes, they would say, the potatoes have landed. Just, you know, it's not just setting it on the day. They've landed. Airplanes land. We land. Everything we do is, is land. In fact, even, even when, when they were in formation and being dismissed, instead of saying fall out, they'd say what? Take off. They would, they would, even, they would even fly to their dormitories. You know, just... Uh, Everything was focused on what they had to do. What, God, what can God do when we begin to concentrate all our Christian energies by his grace on this one thing I do? Sometimes our lives and the church are feeble and ineffective because we don't concentrate our efforts. We scatter them so widely. I always carry around on my keychain a little flashlight. This 
little thing just helps when I just, it's really dark and I need to, to do something. It's, it's very, very handy to be there. Flashlights are, are great when uh, you're camping and when your car breaks down at night and, and looking into a dark closet to find your children's toys that they've lost somewhere in there. But scientists have, have taken simple beams of light and they've learned how to focus these so that you can use laser lights to do surgery, to cut through steel. It depends on the focus. Light in general, when focused, it does things that are unbelievable. The other side of this question is this one thing I do, eliminating that which is not necessary. Eliminating that which is not necessary. A famous artist was once asked to design a new magazine cover. The editor of the magazine gave him sort of overall instructions and he said, he said uh, give me something really, really good that would catch the attention of people. And he went to work and he came back with a very simple cover. And the editor loved it. He says, wow, that's, that's really, really nice. How much will it cost? And when, and, and when the artist said how much it was, he says, why are you charging so much for so little? And the artist says, well, it's because... It's, it's for what we left out. <laughs> you see. And, 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 and that's the same for us. In Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, we're admonished. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. See, it's, it's not only the sins that need to be laid aside. It's those things that burden and distract us. They may be really great things, but, you know, our, our interests, activities, plans that consume our energies and take us away from Jesus. And it's not only secular stuff. It, it, it's stuff that we crowd into our lives, even to do good things. And those good things can crowd out time to pray, to study, and unfocuses us on who we are as children of Jesus. A sign on a conference office wall says, are we too busy doing the work of the Lord that we forget the Lord of the work? Are we too busy being busy? God's work was very successful after Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2, verses 44 to 47, we, we see that, that believers had a singleness of heart 
One single purpose, one goal, and the Lord added to the church daily. In Acts of the Apostles, page 48, we read, One interest prevailed. One subject of emulation swallowed up all others. The ambition of the believers was to reveal the likeness of Christ's character and to labor for the enlargement of his kingdom. That's why our motto in this church is making, God, making Christ better loved and better served. When Christ is all the world to me and to you, Things begin to happen. And um, in the church, in the world, we wouldn't need to stay here a long time if we had singleness of heart. The work won't be finished until Christ is so supreme in our affections that he is the dominant one. And today, while we're trying to avoid many sins, which is a good thing, avoiding sins, Satan tries to keep us busy with many, 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 many other things. And we could say, what's wrong with that? But overuse of them can clutter our lives and detour us from the one thing. We need to, you know, these these two things, two things, concentration and elimination of unnecessary things bring power and thrust into our lives. This one thing I do, reaching forth, straining forth, if I may win Christ and be found in him, having his righteousness, knowing him. In the church, campus church in Keene, Texas, there's a statement, slowing down, looking up, going deep, moving on, to the goal that is set before us. What a beautiful motto for beginning the new year. Gandhi once put it this way, there's more to life than increasing its speed. Do you, do do I slow down long enough to consistently block out time every day for prayer? For study. It, it, it might start out with a little devotional that we read. It might start out with a simple verse that we're memorizing. But as we get deeper in with Jesus, that becomes an oasis in the middle of the dryness of all the things that vie for our attention. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Let God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Prayer. Is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? Something to think about. Is it, is it what leads you to go in the right direction? 
or is it something that you have to get out of the trunk or boot if you're from England just when you absolutely need it before Jesus comes again you will not be able to stamp out sin so crowd it out and with regular Bible study say in the word until it stays in you this is what revival uh, this, this is what revival which leads to reformation is all about it's what leads to powerful and effective service for him this one thing I do is Christ your prize this is a time of the year that we find ourselves looking back at the events happenings and accomplishments the sorrows and challenges of the past and we do well to celebrate what we have learned and what God has accomplished in and through us but other than fleeting than as fleeting inspiration to hold uh, on to the best of what God has done in us and through us this last year the past is the past in other words don't fall in love with your resume there are things to accomplish beyond what you have accomplished in the past there there's there's a life to be lived in partnership with Jesus Christ our Lord don't get stuck in the past look ahead I borrowed this illustration from Francis Chan here we have a rope and this rope is really attached to the television set that's over there but imagine that this rope is all eternity this rope is all eternity. It goes, goes on forever and ever and ever. And imagine with me that this is your life. The decisions that you make, the priorities that you have in this little space of time is going to determine what the rest of eternity will be for you. And we might bicker about, well, I like this better than that, and, I, and, and you're really crazy to spend your time, so, so much time in church activities when you can be having this or that or the other thing. And, uh, you know, what's the craziness in it all when all we have is this? And it sets the tone and it sets the direction of the rest of eternity for you and for me. The choices that you make, the things that you choose to leave out of your life. It's, it's wonderful that we have recreational activities, that we, but do we make these the very center of our being? What about the call? To be with him forever. Keep in mind, Philippians 4, verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, 
whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. What a wonderful way to begin a new year. Thinking of the one who is altogether lovely. Looking back at the choices we make and the activities that consume us, why did we obsess about temporary things that distracted us from our walk with God? The choices that we made um, and that we now need to make in the light of what value they have as we prepare for all eternity. Because of this, make a plan to draw close to the one with whom you have chosen to spend eternity. Soon the happy day will come when the prize will be ours, when I can embrace Jesus and, and you may embrace him, when we can look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. You have a connection card in your bulletin. And there's a thought-provoking quote there. And there's a, a place where you can make a personal commitment to what you will have as a priority in the future that will make all the difference for eternity.